It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFSOSS.com. At FFSOSS. Twitter, Instagram. Twitter.tv slash AJ3. What's good? We're going to do NFL headlines on this Thursday edition of the pod into our NFL Week 14 preview. Some college football talk with the Army-Navy game and then the Heisman Trophy on Saturday. So we'll break down those. Then a little Premier League midweek action into a weekend soccer preview, some college basketball, and then Survivor, Pool Locks, and the Pick 6. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, I know it wasn't great last week, and maybe we're dying down, but there's four different primetime games this week. We're going four primetime unders, and we'll see how it turns out. (laughs) That's the plan for Pick 6 to do that tease. So uh, you only got to figure out to the other picks. maybe. All right. Um... So on this Thursday edition of the pod, NFL headlines ahead of NFL Week 14, and we'll do our NFL Week 14 preview. College football talk with the Army-Navy game up in Foxborough on uh, Saturday afternoon, and then we'll have the Heisman Trophy on Saturday evening. Uh, midweek Premier League recap, weekend soccer preview, college basketball, Sarai Pulaks, and pick six at the end of the program. But let's dive in with the kickoff and talk some NFL headlines, and the Jets are going back to Zach Wilson. They have cut Tim Boyle. They're not giving Simeon a start. Uh, The stories out of New York were that the Jets wanted to go back to Wilson. He was like, nah. Rodgers said that was BS. Like, that's not real. And if we go back to him, he'll play. And now the Jets are going back to Zach Wilson. And again, if you haven't heard my point about Zach Wilson, the rookie year got hurt. Last year wasn't great for sure. They go get Rodgers, and this was like a redshirt year for him. This was a year, maybe even next year as well, where he could sit back and watch an all-time great play the position in front of him in practice every day and in the games on Sunday and learn and not be thrusted into a team that was building a very good defense, has some weaponry on offense, and a a banged-up offensive line that has talent, but those guys can't stay healthy, unfortunately, for them, especially the tackles, right? So... My point about Zach Wilson, once Aaron Rodgers got hurt, the expectations of the Jets season should have went away. Instead, they hung around because people were like, well, Zach Wilson's the number two pick overall. He can come in. He's not ready. And I don't know if he'll ever be ready, but he's not ready to win football games in this league yet. He has some ability. He has some instincts. He has some... Uh, intangibles for sure, but consistently he's not putting it together, and that's why they went and go and went and got Rodgers, right? Um, so there's a lot to unpack here with the Jets. They're going back to Wilson after they went away from him. That doesn't look great. Uh, the kid's confidence is shot, right? I mean, he plays a good game against the Chiefs. They get a win against the Eagles, and then it all falls downhill again, right? So Jets. Going back to Wilson, Salah makes the call. They cut Boyle. They don't give Simeon a start. And they basically, I don't want to say they punt on the season because they should have done that already. But going back to Wilson here, I don't know what it really signals to your fans, um, to the rest of the locker room. Like, is the... Is the locker room for this? Was the locker room? Did the locker room ever want to go away from Wilson? Did they know that that was their best chance to win? Seeing Boyle and Simeon in practice every day, they go to Boyle, and I understand Boyle is this film savant or whatever. He's Rogers' best friend. Guy, guy can't play. The guy can't play. Wilson can at least play a little bit. And Simeon, we've seen the story a couple times in New York. I don't need to see him. So they really shouldn't have gone away from Wilson. The, we need a spark. We need something different. From what? Like, you thought Tim Boyle was going to come in and give you a spark to win football games on the stretch? Come on. So the Jets were unrealistic from the fourth play of the season until today, continuing through this season. When the guy you brought in to be your quarterback gets hurt, you don't have the same team. Look at Florida State, right? The idea that well, Wilson should just step into a win-now team and be ready to win now. He's a quarterback. He's not ready yet. That's clear. 
sort of thrust him into this is unfair to him. And it's unfair to the other teammates because they're ready to win. And it's unfair to the fans because they were promised a lot this season, were they not? And remember in the summer, when this stuff started to happen with Rodgers, I said, let's ease it down a little bit. Let's temper expectations because we are still dealing with the New York football Jets. All right. Uh, so the Jets are going back to Wilson. Speaking of quarterbacks and backup quarterbacks, 12, you could say 13 if you want to argue Arizona, but different starters looking at this weekend um, instead of the opening day starters. So if you go down the list, all right, you're probably going to have Zappi and Mitch in New England and Pittsburgh. You're probably going to have Jameis in for Carr for New Orleans. Uh, Indy and Cincinnati, a battle of the backups in Minshew and Browning. Jacksonville, Cleveland, backups in Beth Hart Flacco. Jets are going back to Wilson. Dobbs is in Minnesota. He started the season in Arizona. And O'Connell took over for Jimmy G, who is hurt, but they kind of wanted to see what O'Connell has. And then you got DeVito on Monday night, and you got Will Levis on Monday night. Okay, so if you look across the – that's 12 or 13 teams – that don't have the guy that they want to have under center and in the gun. So I am certainly one that, you know, sympathizes and empathizes with defenders who get these roughing calls on these quarterbacks if they hit them too low or hit them too high or land on them or hit them too early, early, all that kind of stuff, right? I feel for the defenders. I empathize with the defenders. But here we are in December again, and look at all the quarterbacks that are not playing. So I guarantee you, over the summer, we're going to get some league stuff with the rules and protecting quarterbacks more. Because I'm telling you this right now. Jacksonville, Cleveland shouldn't be Beth Hart Flacco. Indy, Cincinnati shouldn't be Minshew Browning. And even though Mac Jones stinks and so does Zappi, New England should not be Zappi first Mitch Trubisky. And again, not like Kenny Pickett is a franchise quarterback. He's an all-time great. Shout out to Short. He's a good kid, but he's still the starter. And Mitch is still the backup for a reason. So you look across the league, if you want to count Arizona, because Dobbs went from there and Murray started the season hurt. Like, I don't know how you want an opening day starter because they want Kyler Murray's QB1. Obviously, they shipped Dobbs out of town, right? So depending on how you look at it, 12 or 13 different teams from their week one starter I mean that's crazy that's crazy um coming out of the weekend we had the Dom fiasco in Philly where Greenlaw got kicked out of the game and the head of Philly security got kicked out like it was a one-for-one even trade I don't know an all-pro middle linebacker a guy that is a great defender one of the guys on a San Francisco defense that has a ton of defenders on it that you look at and you say oh my god Greenlaw is one of those guys and for him to be kicked out of that game from the middle of the Niner defense and the Eagles get their security fair trade, like, what are we talking about here? So the NFL put out a memo, um, you know, hey, get people off the sideline that shouldn't be on the sideline. And if they're on the sideline and they should be on the sideline, how about they don't touch the other team's players? How about that? How about we don't do that? Okay? So I don't blame the NFL for that. And again, any other city but maybe Philly and New York, maybe Boston, like if a guy was in Texas with a cowboy hat, maybe I could see them getting away with this kind of stuff. But of course, in Philly, and this guy's got an arm sleeve. Come on. Dom, bro. Yeah, Dom, bro. Come on, dude. Delco clowns. Uh, McCarthy had an appendectomy. So they think he's going to be able to coach Sunday, but they're not sure he wasn't at practice. Cowboys have um, coaching experience on the staff between Dan Quinn and Schottenheimer um, and Bones Fossil. wasn't a head coach, but obviously his brother. So they got uh, McCarthy having an appendectomy. Hopefully he's all right. Um, they're saying he's going to coach Sunday. I don't know. Dan Quinn was like, you ever see a tough Irishman not miss a game? Like, I don't know, dude. I haven't. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, some NFL headlines. All right, NFL Week 14 preview. We got Arizona and Washington on the buys. I believe the last buys of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Thursday night, New England-Pittsburgh. What a thriller we have in the Steel City. Zappy against Mitch. First to 10 wins, I think. Maybe it might even be first to three wins. Um, Pat's defense hasn't been bad. 
they've kept them in a ton of games, to be fair. And then sometimes when they keep them in games for so long, the offense finally scores, and then they give up a score, and you're like, come on, man. But they're like, we're keeping you in the game for 55 minutes. What do you want us to do? So you got New England with the solid defense. You got Pittsburgh with a very good defense and some playmakers and Watt, obviously. It's a primetime game. It's going under. We know that, but it's really low. It's low for a reason. Listen, I'm telling you, first to three or, or ten wins this game. So it's, I don't – I would be shocked if a team gets to 17 points, maybe even 14. I really, truly would be shocked. Because both teams' offenses are bad, and both teams' offenses have turned to other quarterbacks than originally intended. So that doesn't, for me, think that the offenses will be better. I think they'll be worse. So I think Pittsburgh's a better team. I think it's two great coaches, unfortunately, with two bad teams. And Belichick bringing in his pass to face Tomlin Stullers. Um, but I'm going to go home team, short week, give me Pittsburgh at home. Low scoring game. Carolina, New Orleans, probably Jameis for Carr. Jameis is always fun when you get him in the game. You know he's going to throw a touchdown pass. You know he's going to get picked off at least once. Carolina is really bad. The only really bright spots, Burns, he got hurt. I'm pretty sure he would get kicked out of the game. I'm pretty sure he got hurt. Young in some areas has shown you some things like, oh, okay, okay, all right. But mainly he's like, oh, dude, somebody blocked for him. Dillon's been a nice piece as a vet, but doesn't really help when you can't protect the quarterback if he can get the ball out. So I think New Orleans defense will show up here after fighting to get back in the Detroit game. They almost won the game. Give them credit for coming back. Uh, but they were down 21 nothing before you could blink. I don't think Carolina will score 21 points in this game, so give me New Orleans at home. Rams, Ravens. This is an interesting one. Uh, unfortunately, I think the Rams coming all the way east, playing some better football. They're going to run into a Ravens team coming off a bye that wants to make a statement that says, hey, everybody but us has kind of been talked about in the AFC. So I I think Baltimore will want to make a statement in a 1 o'clock game with a West Coast team coming all the way to Baltimore. Um, I don't think that bodes well for the Rams. Body clock, all that kind of stuff. The only thing I am maybe leaning towards the Rams is everybody's going to be on Baltimore off the bye, better team going for a one seed. Maybe the Rams could sneak in and steal one, but they'd have to play a perfect game. No turnovers, uh, contain Lamar. And I'm pretty sure last time the Ravens went out to LA, they killed the Rams. I think it was a Monday night. So now it's McVay as well. So, I think it's an interesting game. I think the Rams can win the game. But the Ravens will. Indy and Cincinnati, Minshew Browning. Browning showed me something the other night. Uh, the sideline goal ball, the chase on the touchdown was an excellent throw. He had a couple other big throws. So that was impressive. I can't I can't lie. And Minshew's been a, a very good kind of backup quarterback catalyst guy that if your starter goes out for a few games can come in and help you win some games now is he a franchise guy is he a guy that if your starter goes out early in the season can he carry you to a playoff spot probably not and it's playing out that way but that doesn't mean that he can't you know entertain you and throw some touchdown passes and make the games interesting so I think if you take away you know if it's Richardson Burrow obviously I like Cincinnati and therefore I think Cincinnati at home Defense will come to play a little bit, I think. Give me the Bengals. Jags, Browns in Cleveland. Bethard and Flacco. Uh, Flacco did show you something with the Browns last week in L.A. Uh, I'll give him some credit for standing in there. A guy that probably should have be retired, but he's out there. Uh, give him credit. So, Jacksonville, it sucks because Lawrence, you know, he's not the whole team, but he's a, a, a very big, important piece, right? So... When you lose your quarterback like that, it, 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 this late part of the season, and you turn to a backup guy that you know hasn't really been a starter in the league, you make it certainly more interesting in your division quest. So, I mean, this is just let Houston, not right back into it because they were never out of it, but 
they could certainly win that division and host a home playoff game in Ryan and Stroud's rookie year. I mean, that'd be crazy. So, I think, take away the quarterbacks, Cleveland's defense is better than Jacksonville's defense, but I think Jacksonville's offense can put together a little more with the skill players and their line than Cleveland can. So, give me Jacksonville to pick up a roadie there. Detroit and Chicago. Here's a game for Detroit. You are the better team. You have the better coach. You have the better quarterback. You don't have the better defense, I don't think. So go out there and win a division game going away. Don't sweat it out. Don't go up 21 nothing and let the, the team right back in at your opponent, right? So the Lions have had a lot of games this year that could have turned out the wrong way, turned out the right way for them. Now, you know, the Thanksgiving game, unfortunately, didn't turn out. And who they also, the Ravens, I'm pretty sure that they got creamed by, right? So here's a game on the road where you're a road favorite in division. You haven't really been in this spot a ton. Go prove that you can do it. Go beat the Bears in. And the Bears are not a good football team. And Fields could be the guy, but his skill position guys are not good and his line isn't good. So that doesn't really help you develop a quarterback. And when the coaching's bad as well, that doesn't really help either. So, feels out a lot of things going against them in Chicago, unfortunately. So, give me the lines in that one. Tampa and Atlanta, NFC South showdown. This is an interesting game. You know, between these two teams in New Orleans, who's going to host a home playoff game in a big spot? You know, maybe against the Dallas Cowboys or the Eagles, you know, whoever turns out in the NFC East. And one of these two teams is probably going to host a home playoff game unless the Saints get hot down the stretch here. I think Tampa is a better coach team in bowls. I think Arthur Smith is a little, uh, might just be a coordinator, but he's also calling the plays and people are mad at that. So is he a coordinator? I don't know. Is he a good play call? I don't know. Ritter first Bake. I like Bake. I think the Atlanta skill players could be better, but they're not yet. And I think the Tampa defense, and give Bates credit because he's really helped out that Atlanta defense. He's been excellent on that back end since coming over from Cincinnati. Getting a lot of turnovers. I know it's a home game for Atlanta. I know it's a big home game for Atlanta. But something about this just says Bake, Mike Evans, big score late in the game to win the game. So give me Tampa on the road. Houston and the New York Football Jets. Jets going back to Wilson. Houston trying to follow up a win over the Broncos. Jets. Jets are on hard times, folks. Um, to me, if you're a Houston team that is for real, you go bury this Jet team because they are bad. And you have C.J. Stroud, he has a wonderful day, and the defense makes some plays, and Stingley picks off Wilson a couple times, right? Um, so if this Houston Texan team is for real, you go on the road and you beat a, a team worse than you. That's what you do. You don't have to make it pretty. You don't have to make it you know, a great win and blow them out. Just go find a way to get a win, and then people can't talk about you. All right? Uh, next up, Seattle and San Francisco. San Francisco's rolling. They start off hot. They beat the Cowboys, then they have those that losing streak. They go on the bye, they come back, and then they're kind of on another winning streak. They got healthy, they get Williams back, they get Debo back. Purdy's been excellent. The defense adds Chase Young. They add Randy Gregory. Now they lose Hafonga, which which sucks on the back end for sure. Um, that's brutal. But they still have a bunch of playmakers on that defense at all levels, at all three levels. And Seattle coming off the loss against the Cowboys, where they played pretty well. Uh, they had opportunities to either put the Cowboys away or get back in the game late and win it. Cowboys did a good job of out-executing the uh, Seahawks down the stretch of the game. And I think for Seattle, again, a nice story in the beginning of the season with everybody getting excited about Geno again. And here's Seattle. Don't forget about Seattle. You're going to talk about Seattle. You got to talk about Seattle. Here we are again. In December when they're like 500 and they're not really that good, but they can make the postseason. So San Francisco is probably going to bury him. 
because that just seems what San Fran's in the mood to do. Barry teams. Minnesota and Vegas up next. Dobbs against O'Connell. A lot of rumors I was reading, uh, you know, because I look, I do my research before I, I go on the show. And I'm looking at the starting quarterbacks. I'm looking at what people are writing and beat writers and stuff like that. There was a lot of talk in Minnesota about going away from Dobbs, which I understand. He, he played a garbage game. It was terrible last time he came out, for sure. I mean, it was really bad. A million picks, right? But he's also been the guy that's helped them win some games that they shouldn't have won. And Vegas has been better under Antonio Pierce. They've been playing with more effort. They've been playing with more passion, more heart. They play a little smarter, to be fair, as well. That's partly McDaniels as a bozo. I like Vegas at home in this spot. I'm not really sure why. Um, I don't think Minnesota's that good. Uh, I know I'm hearing Justin Jefferson talk. I, I wouldn't come back if I was him. For what? You're going to come back to the Vikings for what? Before they trade you next year anyway? Because that's what they always do with these year four receivers. They always do that stuff. So it's an interesting game. I'm leaning on Vegas at home. I think Crosby makes a couple plays on that defensive side of the ball. Maybe a strip sack or two. And Vegas wins at home. Buffalo KC. I mean, this is supposed to be uh, the big game in the AFC. You know, sure, you know, people talk about Cincinnati. People talk about Baltimore. You know, Jacksonville's getting some talk coming into this year because they should have won the division by default, right? But it was really these two teams. And these two teams that we've seen in the AFC title game, we've seen in the division round go to the over overtime um, and get the rule change and all that and stuff. So this is a big game. And the Bills basically, I don't think they have to win out, but they got to come pretty damn close. And they got to have some things fall their way as well. And to start off with a win over the Chiefs in Arrowhead, that would really galvanize them down the stretch of the season, I think, pull them together to try to accomplish that. Now, if they lose another close game, it could go one way or the other. They could say, hey, we're really close. Let's just finish the season off and see where the chips fall. Or they could just lose it on McDermott and blame Allen and all that kind of stuff. So there's a couple ways this could go for Buffalo. Um, obviously, if they win, they could rip it off and get into the postseason. And who the hell knows what happens? And if they lose, they go one of two ways. You know, they could go into the pack it in or they could go into the we're really close. Keep fighting. Let's let's go do this kind of a thing. So. Kansas City coming off a couple tough losses. I mean, and you could argue both come down to refs missing some calls. I can understand that, but it's also a 60-minute game where a lot of plays happen, all that kind of stuff, right? Buffalo is the more desperate team, but Kansas City has also lost a couple in a row. And you're not getting them kind of riding the high with the with the steak in there. Now they got a bad taste in their mouth. Got that soap in their mouth. They cussed for the family. <laughs> um, but this is a really, really interesting game. I think it's a, a game that could decide what happens in the AFC. It could decide if we see these two teams again. Because listen, you know, Cincinnati's a great story with Browning. You're not going to see them in the AFC title game. Um, Pittsburgh, Miami, you're not seeing them in the title game. Okay, Jacksonville or Houston, you're probably not seeing either one of those in the title game. Baltimore, maybe. And I'll tell you what, if this Buffalo team can put it together, they're very talented, and it's a lot of the same core that's won a lot of games for them. And McDermott and Allen. So this win could galvanize Buffalo to get it going. What really hurts them is the Chiefs have lost a couple in a row and they need to bounce back. So give me Kansas City. Denver and the Chargers. Denver's a bad football team. I don't care what anyone says. I know they ripped off a bunch of wins in a row. You look at the wins. Some of them are just how kind of a thing, right? Chargers went to New England and won a game 6-0. That's a game that the Chargers find a way to lose 9-6 or 7-6 or 3-0. You know, maybe they don't score at all. And even though they didn't score a touchdown, I felt encouraged about that team. And even though Staley's a clown, they get injuries in their wide receiver room every year. All these things happen to them. You know, Bosa banged up. And 
Derwin James always gets hurt. He's been healthy this year so far, so give him credit there. Denver plays some close games. Chargers play some close games. I like Chargers at home to pull one out here, find a way to win a football game, and Denver finds a way to lose a game. Because even though Denver was on that little streak, I wasn't I wasn't overly impressed. You know, a couple of those, I think a couple of those touchdown drives just had flag, 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 and first and goal, first and goal, like, yeah, you should have kicked the field goal, but you got another first and goal, so you scored a touchdown. So, I don't know. I'm going to take the charge at home, though. Charge at home. Philly and the Dallas Cowboys. Gigantic game in the NFC East. This basically puts the division up for grabs or could kind of s- not seal it for Philadelphia, but if they went out and the Cowboys went out, they'd have the tiebreakers and the record, about a record, all that kind of stuff, right? So, it can't theoretically and literally seal the division, but it helps them take a gigantic step in the right direction. Either team. Cowboys get the race alive. They win again at home. They beat the Eagles in a big spot. Dak gets a win over a a team with a good record. All those kind of things. That helps the Cowboys argument going forward. Now, the Eagles could go into Dallas, give Dallas their first home loss of the season, put up a big number on Dallas, and really just kind of stake their claim and be like, yeah, you're a good team, but we're still here kind of a thing, right? Um, and the Eagles, between a couple of these games, you thought they would have lost more of them. They've only lost that game to the Jets, which he had four turnovers, Hurts, and a bunch of other bad plays. And they lost the game against the Niners, when the Niners were all fired up for that one, right? Big game, gigantic game, comes down to who's more efficient, with the football on third downs and red zones opportunities and turnovers. You know, big games, what do I always talk about? Third down, red zone, turnovers, special teams, and sudden change. When you get two really good football teams on the same field, the little things like those ways, those determining factors, those statistics, usually prove who wins or or loses. So... Cowboys have been really, really good at home. Eagles are almost through this tough stretch. This is kind of like their last really, really hard game before the schedule lets up for them a little bit after this deep this run here from November into December for the Eagles. Cowboys schedule picked up, starting with Seattle and now with the Eagles. I think Detroit's in there. Miami's in there as well. So their schedule kind of picks up where the Eagles schedule's letting down. For me, it's a Cowboy win. I think it's a close game, tight game, couple plays here and there. Eagles could easily win the game. They're a great team, um, and they've had a lot of the luck go their way this season, which we've talked about a lot. They're a good team, but they don't need luck, but they get a lot of it. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a gigantic football game, and I'm probably going to be unwell for the majority of it. So we'll see what happens on Sunday night. Can't wait. All right, Packers, Giants, and Titans, Dolphins, a Monday night uh, twofer. Both games going on at the same time, so that's interesting. You usually don't see that one's like split start, but now we got both games going on at the same time. I think the Manning cast is doing both games at the same time, so you watch that with them to watch uh, both games instead of just flipping around. Packers are feeling themselves. Packers are talking about the playoffs. Packers are talking about, aren't we so lucky? We go from Favre to Rodgers to Love. We just always have a quarterback, all this. I think they're getting a little ahead of themselves. Now, do they have a good team and LaFleur's a good coach and Love's probably the guy? Sure, right? But to just be like, here we come again. We're back. Teams don't want to play us. Listen, I'd love to play the Packers. Okay? Like, the Packers are not on my list of teams I'm worried about, right? It's two teams in the NFC. The Eagles and the Niners. Cowboys can beat everybody else. And I understand the Packers, again, historic franchise. They got another quarterback. They're all excited. They were supposed to be really bad this year. They're not. The receivers that I've knocked have come along. Watson's been excellent. Give him credit. But I just think maybe there's a little Monday Night Magic for Tommy DeVito and the New York Football Giants. (laughs) With all the attention again on the Jets, 
maybe the Giants can kind of just sneak through, steal a game that they shouldn't win, and uh, give everybody a moment with Tommy DeVito again before they go back to Tyrod Taylor the rest of the way, I'm sure. So I think the Giants stun the Packers here because everybody and their mother has looked at the Packers and the Packers' schedule and said, they're winning out and getting to the postseason. It's a guarantee. You still got to play the games, folks. And I think Monday night will have a shocker. I think the Packers will come looking for the Giants to lay down. I think there's going to be a lot of Packer fans in MetLife, so it'll probably be 50-50 almost, if not more Packer fans. But I think the Giants are going to stand for something. And at some point, Dable has to rally the troops, right? At some point, Dable's got to look everybody in that eye and be like, yeah, a lot of it's my fault, but let's play together. Let's play better football. Let's, let's try to win a football game. So I'm going to take the Giants to steal that game against the Packers on Monday night. And obviously, the final could be 28 nothing. It could be 35-13. It could be 35-10. It could be 42 nothing. I don't know. But I just really think everybody is getting a little ahead of themselves about a team in the NFC that is not going to win the NFC Championship game. A lot of people already talking about, well, what if the Packers get hot? Let's pump the brakes. They're not in the division lead for a reason. Okay, LaFleur's a good uh, good coach. I got no problem with LaFleur. And Love is probably the guy. The only way I was knocking him was when he was inconsistent. I think that was a fair knock. Now he's been really good and really consistent, so tip your hat. But this idea, nobody wants to play the pack. Line them up. Line them up. Please. And then the other Monday night game, Tennessee-Miami. Miami's really good football team. The speed on offense. They've got depth on defense now. They lose Phillips. Baker's banged up. Van Ginkle comes in for both of them kind of thing. Wilkins, Sealer, Chubb. Ramsey joins Howard and Holland on that back end. They got playmakers at all three levels on defense. The offense is sick. McDaniel is pushing the right buttons. They're protecting Tua enough. He's not making the big mistake in a big spot. And though the tight end story with Levis has been good, he's been coming in and playing pretty good. Uh, Henry's been all right. Hopkins has been... You know I love Rabel. It's a tough year for the Tennessee Titans. It's a tough season for them. So... Uh, give me Miami. Big on Monday night. All right, college football, the 124th Army-Navy game. It's going to be in Foxborough uh, at Gillette, the Reza. Army won an OT last year. Navy famously had the streak from 02 to 15. Then Army won three in a row. And then since then, it's been alternating years. So you're due for a Navy win, but who knows? We'll see what happens up in Foxborough on Saturday. Hopefully it's good enough weather and uh, the nation can watch our um, – young men on the football teams uh, honor America. And it's it's a game of honor. It's a game of integrity. It's a game of uh, heroes. So uh, always uh, close to my heart, if you don't know, my cousin went to West Point and then served as um, a squad commander in, in Iraq. So um, and he was also the mascot for Army, if you didn't know that, which was really, really cool to have the mascot of Army come up to our seats and people like, who the hell are you guys? I'm like, this is my cousin. <laughs> my cousin's in that mascot um, but yeah shout out to Sean Morrow hopefully I didn't just dox him and get him in trouble about that I don't know it's 20 years ago by now right I think it'll be fine alright so that's on Saturday afternoons then Saturday evening we have the Heisman Trophy presentation the four finalists Jane Daniels of LSU Michael Penix of Washington Bo Nix out of Oregon and Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State and I think it's a two man race if Bo Nix had won I think he would be the second man uh, but it's Michael Penix Jr. versus Jaden Daniels. And what it really comes down to for a lot of people is how they view this award. Is it the best player across the board in college football? Well, you might have to give it to Marvin Harrison Jr. then. But then Jaden Daniels has excellent stats. And if you look at other winners that have won this award, his stats are pretty similar to theirs, if not better. But then with Daniels, and why people might be bet, uh, voting for Penix, it's the best player that's on one of the best teams for some people. It's not just the best player across. And again, this is kind of like 
an MVP versus a most outstanding, all those kind of player of the year. How do we define these, right? So if you're voting in the theme of the best player across the board, you probably have to vote Jaden Daniels or Marvin Harrison Jr. But if you're voting for the best player on one of the best teams, it's Michael Penix Jr. Road comebacks, the win, the two wins over Oregon. He was really, really good this season for them in big spots. And he's got his team in the postseason. Jane Daniels has like 16 touchdowns against Army, Grambling State, and whoever the hell they played in their cupcake games. They poured it on. And again, I'm not trying to take away anything from Jane Daniels, but he's on a team that have multiple losses. Michael Penick's team has no losses, and they're in the playoff. So again, it comes down to how you view the award. Personally, if Daniels, you know, they have one or two losses, that gives me more of a case to put him in as the guy. But to me, it's not just the best player in college football because they haven't voted it that way every year. There have been years where it's just been the quarterback of the best team. The quarterback of the best team. The best player on the best team. That's who wins the award. End of story. I don't know. Personally, I'd vote Penix. Better team, bigger wins, bigger moments. Does he have the stats that Daniels has? No, he doesn't. But if we're just doing stats, why didn't the guy from D2 win it that threw 100 touchdown passes? <laughs> so, uh, uh, for me, it's pretty simple. It comes down to, if you're voting Daniels, you're just voting best player across college football, and maybe that's the definition of the award, fine. I, I can't be mad at you. But for me, it's Penix. He got his team. He had the more Heisman moments. I don't think you could have a lot of Heisman moments when your team has multiple losses. Heisman moments for me are big comebacks. Um, you need a you need a touchdown, you get it. You need a scramble, he puts his head down and he runs and gets it. You know, you know, your first down in a big spot. So for me, it's Penix. I wouldn't be upset if Daniels won it. I could understand Daniels won it. But I I give it to and again, if Daniels had one or two losses in LSU, he'd have more of a case for me. Because he probably would have some more Heisman moments with his team in a big spot. I can't give the guy to he uh, the Heisman when he played Army at home and they won 62 nothing. And then in the big games, he throw a couple picks. So, I go to Penix. Alright, midweek soccer recap in the EPL. Wolves and Burnley. Wolves a 1-0 win. It was Hawaii. And we talked about who's going to score goals for Wolves. Nunez, they get rid of. Jimenez, they get rid of. Hawang. Cunha. They've had some big players for them. Step up. And Hawang, again, gives them the three points. Luton Arsenal, what a game at Kenworth World. Arsenal win at 4-3. Martinelli opened it. Osho equalized. Jesus made it 2-1 Arsenal. Adebayo made it 2-2. Barkley gave Luton a lead. Havertz levels it. And then deep into stoppage time, Declan Rice header wins it for the Gunners in front of the traveling Gunners who went crazy. And Arsenal get the three points at Kenilworth Road. Sheffield United, Liverpool at Bramwell Wayne. Liverpool went at 2-0, a Virgil van Dijk goal and a Sobosly goal for the Reds. Brighton, Brentford, Brighton went a 2-1. And Buemo from the spot put the visitors up 1-0, but then Gross and Hishelwood, the goal scorers for Brighton. Crystal Palace, Bournemouth. Bournemouth went at 2-0. Senesay and Kiefer Moore, the goal scorers for Bournemouth. Fulham, Barry Forrest, 5-0 at Craven Cottage. It will be a brace. Him and as a brace. Carney a goal for Fulham. And good scenes at the end of the match from the Forest fans who still sing the manager's name and still support the players even though they got trounced by them. Big one, big result. Villa beat Man City. I believe that's 14 in a row at home dating back to last season, last campaign. 
for Emery's villains. Leon Bailey, the goal scorer. City only have two shots on goal, or even two shots, I believe. I don't know if they were even on goal. Um, I mean, that's that's a dominant performance by Villa. Give them credit. And a uh, crazy one, Man U, Chelsea. Man U in a 2-1. McTominay scores first. Palmer levels it. McTominay again. Where would Manchester United be without McTominay? And he's a guy that I've been talking about for three years on this show. Give him a chance in the midfield. They bring in Casemiro. Why don't you play McTominay? Um, who else? Sabitzer. Erickson. Why don't you try McTominay? You know, he's just coming and scored a bunch of goals for them. Even when Fred was there, I said, play McTominay over Fred. And they kept playing Fred. So, who's right about that guy? Me. All right. To finish out the midweek matches, you got Everton, Newcastle, and Tottenham, West Ham. Weekend matches. Crystal Palace, Liverpool. Wolves and Forest, Sheffield United, Brentford, Man U, Bournemouth. Bournemouth's been playing well. They can give Man U business there. Brighton, Burnley, Villa, Arsenal. Listen, Villa, this is a gigantic week for them. Emery takes on his own club. Um, Arsenal are in first. It could be a big, big win for the Villains, or even a result, to be fair. Uh, Luton Town just lost to Arsenal. Now they welcome in Man City to kind of work through. Good luck there. And City coming off a loss, and they're going to try to bury Luton, unfortunately. That could be bad. Fulham, West Ham, London, Derby. You got Everton, Chelsea, and then Tottenham, Newcastle to cap off the weekend. What a match that will be at uh, in London. La Liga, Real Betis, Real Madrid, Atletico, Almiera, and Barcelona take on, I believe, league leaders, Hirona, which will be a very interesting match. Syria, Juve against Napoli. Napoli's been struggling coming off that uh, scooted out of last year. Verona and Lazio, Atalanta host AC Milan, Inter host Udinese, and Roma welcome in Florentina. Bundesliga, Frankfurt host Munich, Dortmund welcome in Rebel Leipzig, and Leverkusen go to Stuttgart in the Bundesliga in Germany. Liga and PSG takes on nuts. College basketball, uh, Illinois beat FAU in the first game of the Jimmy V at the Garden, and UConn beat UNC. Good game. That, the second one was a very good game. Illinois came back against FAU in that one. Not a bad game. Uh, Kansas State upset uh, Nova. Could you call that upset? I don't know. Oklahoma hammered Providence. And we got some big games this weekend uh, going on right now. Texas Marquette. I believe Marquette's up at the half as I'm recording this. Illinois, Tennessee at the weekend. Alabama, Purdue at the weekend. Wisconsin, Arizona at the weekend. Some gigantic, gigantic college basketball games as we start to look towards uh, conference play. Some teams playing some conference play. I saw the Big Ten playing some conference games already. Um, not shocked there. But, uh, all right, so a lot of college basketball, and I'm sure we'll talk more as the season goes on, of course. All right, so let's go to the picks portion of the show. We start with Survivor Pool Locks. All right, Survivor Pool Locks, 29-10 and 10 on the season. It's too many losses, but... It is what it is. Some of those losses are just shocking. So. All right, pick number one. I know it's division, but it's a home game. San Francisco against Seattle. San Francisco's rolling. Seattle, I know, has the little bit of extra rest. I don't think it'll matter. When Purdy, Debo, Trent, McCaffrey play, they don't really lose the game. So San Francisco at home, pick number one. Pick number two is a road game. It's a little concerning because you want to still pick like good teams at this stretch of the season. Like you, you, you want to give yourself a chance. You don't want to just pick a bad team and hope and pray. If you at least pick a good team and they lose, hey, it's fine. At least I had a good team going. So I'm not sure about Houston yet, but Houston is in Jersey taking on the New York Football Jets. And similar to what I talked about with Detroit of go on the road and beat a team you're better than. Same thing with Houston. Go on the road and beat a team you're better than. So pick number two is Houston in New York or in Jersey taking on the Jets. Pick number three, Miami at home Monday night. They will beat the Titans. I don't want to say they'll cream the Titans because I could see Henry, maybe some clock control. Hopkins makes a catch against Ramsey, possibly. But I still believe Miami wins the game. So give me San Francisco against Seattle at home. Give me Houston on the road, taking on the Jets, the Texans. 
Even the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami. Right? Miami Dolphins. At home against Tennessee. San Francisco, Houston, and Miami. Survivor Pool Locks for Week 14, 29, and 10 for Survivor Pool Locks so far this season. All right. Now we go to the other picks portion of the show, and it is the FFF, S-O-S-S, pick six for week 14, the National Football League, the league where they play. So pick. Forty-three, thirty-three, and two through thirteen weeks. Not bad, folks. We will certainly take that. We will certainly take that. And I said at the top of the program, there's six picks. There's four primetime games, and primetime unders though the last few weeks haven't been great. They clawed me out of the hole I was in to start the season. So therefore, we start off. This pick six, pick number one, New England-Pittsburgh under 30. It's low. It's low for a reason. I'm sure some of you guys are seeing 27 or 28, and you're like, oh, my God. If this game has more than three touchdowns combined, I will be floored. Shocked. Flabbergasted. Give me another word for surprise. Pick number one, Pat Stillers under 30 points. Pick number one. Pick number two, this is an interesting game. I think both teams could win the game, and therefore I'm taking the home dog. I don't think the Vikings are that good. I don't think Dobbs is that great. He's a great story, fantastic. Please. Give me Vegas catching three at home. Maybe O'Connell a little magic. And the youngsters uh, start of his career as a starting quarterback. Antonio Pierce is the magic. No, give me the Raiders. At home, catching three against Minnesota, pick number two. Pick number three. Again, this is more about the team that it's against than the team that it is. Because whenever I pick the Chargers, I always get pissed off. And like, why did I pick this team? I hate Staley. He's a moron. I used to defend him. Now he's a bozo. All that being said. I think they're begging you to take Denver as a dog here, and they're going to try to get you to get a team that has a better record, even though I think the Chargers are a better team. And I'll take Chargers giving the three at home against Denver, even though they scored six points last week. I'll take it. Give me Chargers minus three at home against Denver. Pick number three. Now, the next three are primetime unders. I mean, that's pretty obvious, right? So we go to Sunday night. Philly-Dallas, under 52. Do I love this pick? Not really. But we got to take primetime unders. They've been very good to us. They've been very kind to us. And if you have a system, you have to play the system. So we're playing the system, okay? Eagles-Cowboys, under 52. Eagle defense gave up some points. Cowboy defense gave up some points in their Cowboys win Eagle loss last week. I think you get a big response from both defenses. I think we get a lot of field goals, not a ton of touchdowns for the scoring department. And we're going to go Eagles-Cowboys under 52 for Pick four. And picks five and six. We go to Monday night. Green Bay and the New York Football Giants up first here. The number is 38. That's low. Now, is it as low as Thursday night? No. And I think that's about one team. So even if you think the Packers are going to put it on the Giants, is it going to be 28-10? And honestly, I think the Giants might win this game. Something like 
17-13. So I'm going to take the under. Green Bay and the New York Football Giants. Under 38. It's under 40 for a reason. The Giants can't really score. The Packers can, but can we get a little weather on Monday night? Maybe. So we're going to go Green Bay and the New York Football Giants under 38. Pick number five. Pick number six, Tennessee, Miami under 47. The Dolphins could put up 47 themselves. The Dolphins could win this game 49-0. I'd sit there and be like, oh, well, what are you going to do? But I think the Dolphins are getting to a point where, yeah, they're playing for a one seed, but they don't want to show everything. And Tennessee's fighting for their life. They know they can't get in a shootout. So if they get to win the game, they're going to win a low-scoring contest. So that's why I'm going Tennessee-Miami under 47. So let's recap the pick six for week 14. Pick number one, New England-Pittsburgh under 30 on Thursday night. Pick number two, the Vegas Raiders catching three at home against Minnesota. Pick number three, Chargers giving three against Denver in L.A. Pick number four, Sunday night, Eagles-Cowboys under 52. Pick number five, the Green Bay Packers, the New York Football Giants, two historical franchises. Let's get a low-scoring contest on Monday night. Under 38, pick number six, Titans-Dolphins under 47. Pats Steelers under 30, Vegas catching three, Chargers minus three, Eagles-Cowboys under 52, Packers-Giants under 38, Titans-Dolphins under 47, the FFF, SOSS. Pick six for week 14 in the National Football League. All right. So a big football weekend again. More than the, the pros and the uh, collegiate athletes, of course. But make sure you watch Army-Navy, at least a little bit of it on Saturday. Game of honor. Game of integrity. Game for our country's heroes. All right. Uh, so check that out on Saturday, a big NFL weekend. We got the double, uh, the two games on Monday night as well because they missed the game for the national championship in a couple weeks. Um, so, yeah, a big football weekend. We will be here to recap it all on Tuesday between the NFL, Army-Navy, Heisman, and footy, of course, and college basketball. So everybody have a great weekend. Talk to you next Tuesday. Until then, peace. That's the name of it? Guys, check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.